We're approaching the final game of the preseason. So who for you guys has been the MVP of the preseason and training camp so far? Tank Bigsby, maybe the rookie? Coaches who call running plays. No, um, <laughs> I would say Greg Jr. Welcome in. It's Wednesday's edition of Jags AM presented by Jet Home Loans. I'm Kenani Stevens. Brian Sexton and John Osier are with me. And as John so eloquently mentioned, we're slogging along. We're trying to get through training camp right now because the, the regular season is around the corner and we're all very excited. Running clock, baby. Let's Running go. Clock. I wouldn't be mad about it. Uh, we're going to start off with big things today as indoors. The team practiced indoors yesterday and they're going to practice indoors or they practice indoors two days or stay indoors as well. I think today's, I outdoors. today's outside. Okay. Yeah. So the last two days they were indoors and they'll be back outside today. But after a week away in Michigan, they're kind of losing their South Florida, will you? Yeah, you know, I, 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 to me, I think part of it is, and Doug hasn't talked about it, is that they're beat up, right? Get a chance to get your legs back. You've got one more week, and you're going to play your starters on Saturday. It's not like the guys are sitting this week. So it made sense to me that they would go indoors. Now, yesterday they were in pads indoors, even though that wasn't all the way to the ground. just seems to me like it's a way to lighten the load a little bit, keep your guys fresh, because you're going to play them on Saturday. Yeah, I thought yesterday was, uh, to call it a padded practice. Would be generous. Yeah, I mean, it, it had pads. But it was not what people think of as a padded football practice with like a major hit. Honestly, though, how many of those were there in camp? Not many. Right. But if it's so, I thought yesterday was light. My understanding from looking at the schedule in terms of time, this is a long practice today. Um, I guess it'll have some physicality to it. And then that'll be the last really physical practice that we see because these are the last couple of practices that we see except for the 20 minutes. And I think a little bit of it probably, too, after you go away and you joint practices, those are always physical. So coming back maybe, and with the injuries we saw as well against Detroit, to try to keep everything level and keep everybody healthy going into that last game. They're banged At this up. point, you've learned what you're going to learn by hitting in practice. Like, Doug clearly showed last year he likes to get a couple of big hit days in. He had one this year against Detroit and one against themselves. Uh, in this day and age, that's about what you can do. Uh, underscore this day and age. It's the way it is. All right, big thing number two is special teams. Brian, I want to let you go into that because you talked to our special teams coach and kind of, yeah. you know, we've talked for a while about if you want to make this roster and you're on the edge, you got to do something on special teams. Well, and your buddy Bucky Brooks and I, John, talked, he is my pal. Uh, talked extensively during the broadcast last Saturday about the final spots that are available on the roster. Uh, John, from 1 to 53, how many do you think you know right now? Uh, I'd say 48-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about the bottom five spots on the roster. And what determines those spots? Well, almost exclusively special teams. So caught up yesterday with Heath Farwell, and he had this to say about the decision-making process when it comes to special teams. It's a, it's a co- collaborative effort. I think there's a, there is some spots at the end that kind of maybe I can persuade, uh, you know, the organization, Coach Peterson, uh, Trent Balky, um, if everything is equal, hey, this guy's a tad better on special teams. He can help us, or he's a four-phase guy. We can't let out of the building. Um, I like to think that I have a little influence on that. Now, there's one guy in particular that he pointed so, out who has done that, and that's that's Dewey, who's going to make the roster anyway, right? So he's not that final five. But the wide receivers, John, that we've talked about, they've got to prove it on special teams. Jacob Harris, in particular, mm-hmm. was really good on coverage teams. He's so long and and got that stride, he can get down the field. 
But whether we're talking about a backup linebacker, a safety, a wide receiver, it's going to be earned on special teams on Saturday night. Not exclusively, but a big play out there on Saturday night could be the difference between, say, Jacob Harris and Seth Williams. Kai probably recalls an argument a couple weeks ago where I insisted that Dewey would make the team. You did? I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I said take? it. Well, yeah, but if you recall the hot take, I didn't say that he was not going to. I said he was going to be pushed. And, and he, so it was a was. warm take then. <laughs> well, he, he was. Yeah, it was a warm take. <laughs> I was. He was. <laughs> well, I, didn't say, I never said he wasn't going to make the team, so I couldn't have been wrong. But what I said was, was that he was going to be pushed, and he was until Antonio Johnson pulled his hamstring. All right, our big thing number three is that calm before the storm. We're talking about, you know, maybe there's only a handful of spots left on this roster, but how much of those decisions have already been made, in your opinion? John, going into this final preseason game, is there still spots up for grabs if someone goes out there, or are they already kind of know? Um, I'd, I'd say, again, I think the last four or five spots, uh, especially at corner, uh, I would say linebacker. Uh, I, I'm curious to see what they do with uh, Shaq and uh, Ventrell Miller and, uh, and uh, Caleb Johnson out of that group. I do think they pretty much know uh, if you ask Doug and Trent to cut the team, they could probably get it to 51. But I think there's, a, there's always a couple of spots. Maybe you're not doing it based on that game but that they still need to have conversations after that game that the game will influence a little right. bit. There's only one player I know of in Jaguars history that made the 53 based exclusively on his final preseason action. Trevor that was Lawrence. A, <laughs> there was a running back uh, 23, 24 years ago named Stacy Mack. Big kid out of Orlando, played at Temple. He had a reverse field 65-yard touchdown against Dallas in 2000, and when he did that, they knew they had their guy. Their backup running back. Other than that, you know, they're just looking for one thing that might push it between two players or three players. Just that one thing. I know Doug's talked a lot about consistency, so you really are going to have to show out in game three. And it's only going to be about a half of play as well because we know the starters are going the first two quarters at least. That's what Peterson is planning on doing. They want to trust you. They want to know that what they get when they put you on the field is going to be what they get if they need to put you on the field at any point during the season. And and it's about building that level of trust. Yeah, there's probably more jobs lost in the final preseason game hmm. where a guy shows up and, or not lost, but sort of confirmed, of, okay, we thought this was trouble here. Probably not going to be able to keep him on the right. You know, it's more confirmation, I think, than it is uh, guys winning jobs. Interesting. All right, coming up, we're going to talk a little bit more about the 53-man roster, who we think is kind of on the edge or has showed out so far in camp. And don't forget, Saturday's final preseason game versus the Miami Dolphins is brought to you by Ticketmaster, the official ticket marketplace of the Jaguars and the NFL. Jagsam presented by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxuryfieldsauto.com. Jagsam on this Wednesday, August 23rd. We're in the Hyundai studios and getting down to those final cut times. So we do a segment called the 53. Either people that have made the case for themselves or, you know, need to have a good training camp or are just coming back and they're going to be making this 53-man roster or trying to. Um, Brian, who do you want to highlight today? I'll go with Jeremiah Ledbetter for the obvious reason. With uh, Devon Hamilton's injury, they need this guy to play well. And luckily for them, he has the last two weeks. He's been a force at the line of scrimmage against the run. And 
Just like Hamilton, he's been a guy who's gotten good push off the line of scrimmage into the backfield and broken plays up or, as we saw last week, finished off the sack that Caleb on chase on could not. He's an interesting guy. Uh, was drafted by the Lions in 2017. Has been on the Buccaneers and the Ravens and the um, Buccaneers, the Cardinals, and the Jaguars practice squads and active rosters over the last six years. He's a wide body. You know, when you look at Devon Hamilton, John, he's really big from the waist down. I mean, he's got a wide hip base, right? Big butt, and which is what you need in that. You need a guy who can anchor in. And he is the guy on that line that can probably anchor in the best, uh, you know, beyond Devon or maybe Foley Fatakasi. Well, Mike so, Caldwell said the other day, he can also play all spots along the line. Yeah. So Lowe's versatility. Uh, I think he's on the roster no matter what would have happened with Devon. Uh, and he's another guy, Brian, we talked on Monday about guys that Balky signed as free agents from other teams who aren't necessarily high-profile guys, yep. but they are good NFL players. So, so uh, kudos to pro scouting because, to me, that's a huge reason why this team seems so deep. He's a journeyman who has earned the right to be on the roster, like John just said. And it just so happens they need him also. And a segue, Kai. You know, a segue yes. in radio is one of those things where you bring Look at it you in. you teaching so, me things. So, Please. Uh, I mean, Dernis Johnson, who's exactly the same kind of free agent, is, is my 53. Uh, I don't know that he is a lock to make the team. I don't think he thinks he's a lock to make the team. Uh, I think he's earned it. Um, he's he's going to be right on the bubble. It it may come down to uh, whether they keep four running backs, which may mean numbers at other spots. My gut is that he will be on the team. Uh, he looked awfully good the other night. He, he's a veteran. For a running back, uh, what you want to see in the preseason is do they still move and make people miss like they did when they were rookies? Right. Uh, looks to me like he does. You know, the interesting thing is they trust Jamichael Hasty. You know, he gave him the 60-yard touchdown in Indy last year and the 30-yard touchdown against the Ravens that gave the Jaguars an early lead in, in two important games. So they trust him. But I think Johnson is a more versatile player than Hasty. I think he's a better receiver out of the backfield. I think he's a guy who can pick up the the, the, the blitz schemes. I think he's aware. Um, I, I, I kind of like him as the three. Well, think about what he gives you in the backfield if you're Doug and Trent. Last year, uh, with, with respect to Hasty, who I think is a very important player on this team, I don't know that you feel great if he is your lead back going into a three-game stretch. Uh, with Ernest Johnson and Tank Bigsby, I think they feel like they have three guys who they're okay if with ETN, uh, that they're okay if they have to go with those guys as your main back. That's significantly more depth than I think they had a running back last year. You know, the roster moves, how they structure it, is so heavily impacted by the injury situation on the offensive and defensive line. So a guy like this or Hasty, uh, you know, a fourth tight end like Garrett Prince, you know, could fall into it. Can we get him to the practice squad because of the needs at those positions? But Hasty and Johnson both are worthy of a roster spot. Yeah, Johnson's going to be in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, and yes. I think he'll be here. And again, another example of guys who can play in this league anyway.
and I, we hammered on this a bunch, but there are going to be a lot of people that are cut next week that end up on a different roster, especially in those skill positions. Has it been that covered. way in a long time around here? I know. It's a nice feeling, right? Um, I want to highlight Ben Barch. Not necessarily that he wouldn't have made the roster, but we're seeing him practice for the first time because he's been on the pup list after that knee injury he suffered last year. And after all of those offensive line injuries and issues we saw against Detroit, he's coming back at the absolute perfect time. Um, Obviously, everybody on the offensive line is super versatile, can play multiple positions. But you have to imagine that Ben Barsh coming back at this point is like a breath of fresh air for Rauscher, who's been dealing with all these unknowns with all of um, the injuries. And then, of course, Cam's suspension as well, well to start the year. Think about it like this. Last week, you had to have Walker Little play at left guard because they weren't going to put Barch into the game in Detroit. This week, if Anton Harrison's shoulder is bothering him and you want to give him more time to get ready for the regular season, you can move little to the right side because Barch is back and Cam Robinson is still here. So it's critical that you've got him for this game and maybe even opening day to give you some sort of depth and uh, versatility, which is the thing we've talked about with this offensive line group. Well, as much as you were sort of gnashing teeth on Monday about the depth, and depth is still a worry, getting Barch back means you've got a decent chance to have a very legitimate NFL starting line week one with Little, Barch, Fortner, Sheriff, and Harrison. That's not very far off from what you would want your ideal starting line to be around here. So uh, depth, a little bit of an issue, particularly with uh, Hodges being hurt uh, and Wells. But I think they feel okay with their depth other than those guys, and they certainly feel good about that five start. You have to feel good about that position group, even with what they have going on. So stay with us. We're going to talk about some things going on around the league coming up after the break. Price.com is the easiest way to save money with comparison shopping, cashback, coupons, all in one. It's free. Try Price.com today. Welcome back to Jags AM in the Hyundai Studios. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on around the league because we're getting ready to start the season, so we got to keep track of everything. Jonathan Taylor, uh, all that drama in Indianapolis, they finally decided to let him seek a trade. John, I want to touch base with you. I'm sure you're not surprised by all that's gone down, but it's gotten to this point. I guess I'm surprised. Um, I... I'm always amazed these days when teams, I was amazed uh, three or four years ago when this team allowed Jalen Ramsey to sort of force his way out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess I'm so old school, Brian, that I think if you've got a great player and he doesn't want to play there, you tell him, okay, you're going to sit, establish a precedent. Uh, GMs evidently don't believe in that. uh, And I'm sure there's some reason they don't. But um, for the Colts, it's certainly – if he seeks to trade, it's hard to interpret that franchise as anything right now. But in major rebuild, even if he doesn't seek a trade, uh, he, he he's a great back. I understand his side of it, uh, trying to get whatever contract he can get at this age. Uh, but I'm, it's a mess, and I guess they're trying to clean up everything they can. And it, that feels like Major League hitting the reset button. You remember when it seemed like the Colts were living a charmed life? They went from Peyton Manning, right, to Andrew Luck. Uh, they had, they just had it all going. And you thought, ah, you know, when's Luck going to fall for this team? Well, now, I mean, they seem to be a complete disaster. Um, I, I know the owner is unpredictable. Why did he say, we're not going to trade him, if two weeks later he says, all right, go ahead and seek a trade? I mean, that's the part. Who's in charge? Is it Chris Ballard? Is he making the decisions and leading the football strategy? Or is it Jim Irsay? And if it's Jim Irsay, I, they're not anywhere close to being out of it. Yeah, I, you 
can spend a long time trying to figure out Jim Mercer's thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I think we have did. enough show for that. And by the way, Anthony Richardson, who they're putting into the starting lineup right away, even though nobody thinks that he's ready to be an NFL quarterback this year, that would be his best friend. I mean, how much more effective is that young quarterback with that superstar back? Mm-hmm. And you're really, I'm, I'm questionable. I know they, different philosophies about playing rookies, um, quarterbacks right out of the gate, but the way it's set up in Indy right now, I'm curious how that's actually going to play out. Actually, our second thing we're going to talk about around the league, the Colts and Eagles gotten into a little bit of a brawl yesterday at their uh, joint practice. And we saw some other teams calling off their second week of joint practices because of this very thing. It's getting a little too competitive right at the end where you're kind of feeling that physicality where we saw the Lions and Jags get a little chippy, but nothing bad at all. And I think that's where you want to keep it. But some other teams are struggling with that. Uh, John, how do you keep things light uh, the last week before the final I don't game? know. I've always considered training camp fights. Like, remember when you were a kid, Brian, had sniffle fights, neither one wanted to fight. <laughs> 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 you know, it, it, that's sort of what it feels like. Yeah. You know, you're hitting each other with helmets on. I, I get the boys will be boys thing. Everybody's trying to man up or whatever that is. Um, you know, I think if you've got two teams, uh, the Lions and Jags kept things moderately under control. Uh, I thought the Jags handled themselves well in that situation, trying to get good work out of it. But the Lions seemed like they stepped over the line a couple of times. It wasn't tragic. Um, I think you've got to get the coaches where they had the same philosophy on it. Uh, yeah, I don't really think it's a big deal if teams don't do this, but I think maybe in the future teams will try to find like-minded approaches maybe a little better than they have this year. Oh, you know, I thought last week the Lions and the Jaguars um, represented their coaches pretty well, right? I mean, Doug is reserved and and very uh, intellectual in his approach to it, right? You never see him get too high or too low. And he told us in the, the production meeting that he was really impressed with the way that his team handled the Lions' aggressiveness. The Lions' coach, Dan Campbell, was a scrapper as a player, right? The guy who had to fight his way into the NFL and stay. By all means, the players love playing for him, and they've adopted some of his personality. Jack Campbell, the middle linebacker, Comiskey, the defensive lineman who was scrappy during the game. I get it. Doug was really, and it sounds self-serving on a Jaguar show, he was really glad that his team just kind of walked away from that and and let it diffuse. I I guess the Jets threw the Buccaneers out of their deal. second day, they didn't do practice. So maybe you just do a one-day. Right. I mean, maybe maybe day two is too much. Maybe if you're going to travel, you have one day and then a day with a, your own practice at a local high school or something like that. They say they get good work out of it and they want to do it. Um, or maybe you just choose your team that you're going to go work with very carefully. Yes. A little more particular about who you choose, perhaps. Our final thing from around the league, Aaron Rodgers and State Farm are no longer together. So we're going to have to get a new celebration out of that. And then also in sponsorship deals, Will Levis, the quarterback for the Titans or at one point will be the quarterback for the Titans, has a lifetime deal with Hellman's mayonnaise after he put mayonnaise in his coffee for those TikToks. So I wanted to ask you guys, if you could have a sponsorship deal, who would you want it to be with? Because I would not pick mayonnaise. Is basically I would what not I was pick mayonnaise. To go with. A lifetime supply of mayonnaise would, would mean about three jars for me, probably. Um, it would be none for me. I hate it. <laughs> uh, I'll pass. Go ahead, Brian. I'll come back to it. Well, I mean, in the line of food, is that what you're Anything s- you want to do. Like, what would you never get sick of having? Like, I would do Dunkin' Donuts because I want caffeine in donuts at all times. So <laughs> I would never get sick of that. 
I can appreciate that. Uh, just from local flavor from last week, sure. um, I really like Buddy's Pizza. Mm-hmm. That okay. pizza place we went to. Yep. If you'd send, if they'd send me one from Detroit every week, that'd uh, be worth it. Just one, yes. right? Because I'd have to share it. Uh, so I wouldn't blow up like a balloon, but it was delicious. Does Mercedes Benz give? Oh, Ooh, there we go. Like yes. <laughs> Look there at you. you. Using your big brain, smarter than all, bigger than all of us. I'll go exactly. Bell's Two Hearted Brewery, my lifetime sponsorship. They're a they're a Michigan brewery, and uh, all right, they're my they're kind of my uh, IPA. Were so. they before last week, or did last week cement it for you? No, they've been for a long time. Okay. Mean, unfortunately, they probably don't listen to this show, so there'll be no deal coming. We'll have to send that their way. <laughs> all right. All right, stay with us. We'll talk a little bit about what we've got coming up tomorrow and the rest of the week. Jags fans, if you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home, check out ZipChair.com to browse all customizable options. ZipChair is furniture for fans. The practice is back outside today, and it's later in the afternoon, right in the sun, so they're getting ready for the weather a little bit. And then they're going to face off against the Dolphins on Saturday, this final preseason game. We've heard so far we're going to hear the, see the starters hopefully the entire first half. Um, depending what we see from the Dolphins, how much of their starters we see, what are you looking forward to in that game? Is it just getting off to a fast start? Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle Waddle and Hill, right? We didn't see that combination last year, and that is legit world-class speed. Uh, what a great tune-up for Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams and, and anyone else that the Jaguars, Greg Jr., whoever they put out there against that kind of ability. Yeah, I think you'd like to see some offensive efficiency. Uh, First-team offense, I feel confident this offense is going to be really, really good. Um, I think as an offense, they would love to see you've got, what, 15 days until the opener from that. Uh, it's always good to get a couple of touchdowns. You feel like you've moved efficiently. For this team, uh, I think that would be a great, tone setter going into week one as a broadcaster the the final preseason game always felt like a big lift right it, it felt like it was laborious um because there were so many young guys that were going to play this is exciting to me because the final preseason game we get so much of a look at what they're going to be um that'll make it fun and i think there'll be a lot of people watching listening and in the stadium because a it's the only home preseason game and b mm-hmm. they're playing starters in the final an actual peek at what we're going to see yeah. in the regular season. Uh, tomorrow we'll do a full deep dive into Miami and what they're going to be facing off against in that game. But until then, we'll see you on Thursday morning.